Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Journey to Developer podcast. It's been a while, but I'm back and I'm here today with Mr. Ishmael Oyekan out of Cali. How are you today? I'm doing very well. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Today, we're going to be discussing digital real estate and why it's so important to definitely dive into that market now, especially post-COVID. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. Yeah, so my name is Ishmael. Thanks for having me again. I'm a digital real estate investor, and I'll get into what that means. But first, let me explain what digital real estate is. Digital real estate is no different from... We'll we'll compare it to regular physical real estate, how we understand real estate in context of this podcast specifically. But instead of owning property that you develop on land, we develop these properties on the internet, right? So you acquire a domain and domains have different values, right? So the name California.com sold for millions of dollars and someone acquired that and they didn't have to do much to it. They didn't have to develop that real estate. But... You could take a regular name for a couple of bucks, maybe $12, maybe $40 or whatever the case is. And if you're able to get traffic to it and get the sites to rank or make income out of it, the same way out of, you, you would do with a piece of land with real estate, you're in the realm of digital real estate. So the acquisition of domains or the development of domains, no different from how you would acquire property or develop property is what we call digital real estate. Awesome. How long have you been investing in real digital real estate? And you're also a, a real estate developer as well. And we'll probably talk about that a little later. Good point. Well, actually, subconsciously, without being aware of it, I've been doing it for quite a while. Because, you know, like any other serial entrepreneur, right? You, you, whenever you have an idea, the first step to making it real is typically buying a domain, right? So... In the past, I had purchased a few domains and I was in the habit of always, because I have a marketing background, I was always in the habit of acquiring domains and I felt that I had some sort of marketing value. Mm-hmm. And when it became what I thought was a liability at, at some point where it's like, okay, I'm paying all these fees and I'm not utilizing these domains, I started investigating what they were worth. And I was surprised to find out that there was a market out there where people would buy these domains. And I deliberately started purchasing domains and reselling them. I've been doing that for over 10 years, but I wasn't looking at that as anything scalable. But recently, because of the fact that, you know, obviously we're in a, we're in a pandemic or the whole COVID situation, you know, we're all looking for additional income streams. And I dove, you know, really deep into what is the current landscape of acquiring domains and purchasing them. And it's extended even beyond just domains on the internet people are actually buying and reselling social media platforms domains right like there there was a situation with a name called daquan that was purchased for 85 million dollars by one music right so it's a meme page so i mean that's and that's why i say digital real estate because if you're able to sell a piece of property whether it's physical or um digital it's an asset right and you're able to purchase it, you're able to transfer ownership. That's something that any investor should inquire or be inquisitive about. And, you know, so digital real estate to me, I would argue this with anyone, has much more of an upside than what we consider real estate currently because you're able to control 
the growth, right? With advertising, influencer marketing, and all the strategies. I agree. And I've even, I'm definitely not an expert, but when, especially when songs come out and a new catchy phrase comes about, I find myself searching to see if it's available on Instagram. Wow. And I do try to, <laughs> I actually try to get the page myself and I just hold on to it. I'm like, oh, that's smart. <laughs> it costs you nothing to acquire it. It's free. <laughs> and you, you know, I'll, I'll share this with you. There's a website called swapped, swapd.co. It might be .com, but you can okay. check it out. It's a website where people buy and sell domains like that. So wow. there are people that are actively seeking domains that have, you know, three letters in them. So if you have a domain, it's like XYZ or GTL, whatever, you know, order, it's, there's a value for that. So okay. this digital real estate realm is quite wide. And for me, I think that one of the most the softest landing way to do it is to actually create um, an e-commerce business, right? So you want to get something on maybe on a Shopify or an Amazon business or even eBay or Etsy, where you're able to sell a product without even having to touch it, right? Through a strategy called drop shipping and have a website, a domain, your piece of stake of digital real estate, or maybe if you're thinking bigger, a digital real estate portfolio, where you're able to get a return on your advertising spend, build a brand that has a potential of an exit strategy. So <laughs> if you're deliberate about it, you can own one website or you can own a hundred websites, right? You could own, and depending on how you're able to manage them, they could actually become significant income streams. There, there are existing marketplaces where you can buy websites that have detailed history with third-party verification of transactions and income and revenue and everything else just like you would buy property and look at the cash flow but right. the reality is with digital real estate the cash flow is sig significantly much higher the only difference is in order for you to maintain that cash flow you have to have either a digital marketing background or have someone in your team or someone you outsource to digital marketing Two, right? So right. that's that's really what it comes down to. So I find that very interesting because mm -hmm. you mentioned drop shipping, you mentioned branding, marketing. These are all vital to just be a business in general, whether it's whether you're looking at it as a digital real estate business or not, you need to brand yourself properly. So you can yeah, to even sell anything online. Myself and I have to say myself because I'm monetizing myself as a brand or at least attempting to at this point, but monetizing myself as a brand, what are some pointers would you suggest for someone that's maybe, you know, interested in digital real estate, whether starting an e-commerce business and right. or just building a brand for their company or. I would, I would say the fastest way is obviously to be deliberate about it. It's very realistic to say, I would like to make $1,000 of my social media this month. And one of the first steps to doing that is selling your expertise, right? So in your situation, you're a realtor and you're a developer, right? There are people that, no matter how much you've been doing it, haven't done it as much as you've done it, right? And they're willing to learn from you. So you have to figure out the, a way to package that content in a way where it's digestible 
and desirables to those people. And then you also have to know who those people are. You have to speak to them so that you can attract them. And you have to utilize the social media networks to build a community that is looking for a like-minded community, right? You know, there are a lot of tools that exist on social media that we tend to ignore, like Facebook groups and, you know, things like that, that are very, very impactful in terms of, you know, either getting information or looking for visibility, right? Right. But if you're trying to monetize your brand, it's a function of, you know, your reach. And to grow your reach, there are a lot of strategies you can use. You know, you can use content marketing. You can use paid media. You know, Facebook, which owns Instagram and, you know, WhatsApp and other platforms, several other platforms, allows you to, you know, reach a targeted audience base, right? Right. Um, so even if you're spending $5 a day, you get some sort of ROI from that versus someone who's not spending anything. And so you can imagine how much more ROI you would spend if you say, look, this month I want to spend $2,000. And the goal is to get 10,000 people that, you know, are interested in digital real estate or even in your case, real estate. Right. You might not get those 10,000 people, but you will get momentum towards getting those people, right? And once you have that email list, you, you can now communicate with those people directly. And, you know, one of the best ways to do that is a tool that I told you about yesterday called Beacons, right? Yeah, Beacons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's very similar to Linktree, but it allows your, your page to, to have an element of professionalism to it. When people see a link where they can see your other work, I think that gives them more insight into what you do, right? right. And develops that familiarity. Right. Awesome. So I'll definitely put a link in the description for Beacons so other influencers can sign up as well. So I'm definitely going to switch my page over very soon. All right. So I'm the perfect client for you. I'm a realtor. I'm just an entrepreneur altogether, right? I'm building, packaging myself, as you said, as a brand, as a product and digitally and physically. Right. So I'm literally I'm going to be selling a course and or providing a service to be hands on with individuals. But I also want a drop shipping company. How can you help me achieve my goals? Well, we have a program that we just started and it's been quite successful. It's actually exceeded my my huge expectations. It's called e-commerce partners online. And you know, very self-descriptive. What we do is we look for people that we can partner up with to develop an e-commerce portfolio for them, right? So we have a package that's very affordable where we actually will build an e-commerce store for you, right? Okay. So you have a business online, you have a domain online, just like buying a condo in Miami or whatever, right? <laughs> so you can actually drive traffic to it organically, but we're serious about it because what we do is we drive buying traffic to it. But in order to get traffic to any online site, you have to advertise, right? You have to employ different marketing strategies, right? You have to build up a brand. And for most people that are, you know, either doing real estate or any other work of life, whatever you're doing, you, for the most part, you won't have the time, no matter how well-intended you are that I want to, you know, build an e-commerce industry, you right. typically would not have the time to, to build one, right? You, it, it takes, it takes someone being dedicated to it. So what we do is we partner up with you to actually 
manage your portfolio. So it's sort of like a, a co-ownership, it's a partnership. And mm -hmm. your role, your role in that partnership is to pay for the ad advertising. And our role is to turn that advertising spend and generate a significant return on it. We use strategies like influencer marketing. Okay. You can look it up. Influencer marketing, when done right, can generate about 6.5x per dollar spent, right? You, we do Facebook ads, we do Google ads, and the, the components to a successful online store are essentially selling a winning product, right? So we don't, have, we don't necessarily have any emotional attachment to the products. We, right. we want to sell products that we can monetize, right? So we sell products, I mean, we don't have to go against our moral values or our ethics, but we can sell products that are in demand. So avoiding the rookie mistake of selling something that, oh, I think I like butterflies and everyone's gonna like butterflies. Like we don't operate that way. You know, we have a, a collective of marketing experts that have actually generated over seven figures online. And those are the people that manage these stores because our goal is to build a portfolio of profitable stores because like real estate doesn't exit strategy. When, when these stores, are well-funded with advertising spend, they can generate a significant return. And the good thing about that is there's data that's being collected with third-party verification. It's not speculative. You know, it's, it's, it's right. done on a platform like Shopify where right. all the transactions are actually recorded. So if your store is showing revenue of $10,000, for example, I'm just being hypothetical, and you have a net profit of 5,000, that store is an asset. You right. can literally sell that store for, the fair market value currently would be about 20 times a monthly net profit. So you can mm -hmm. sell that store for, that generates $10,000 in revenue, $5,000 in net. You can sell a store like that for about a hundred grand. That's the fair market value, right? Nice. So we're giving people an opportunity not just to you know, generate income, but we, we have a training that's included where we bring experts from the e-com world, people that are really, really, for lack of better words, kicking butts right? in the online space, right? People that are turning, you know, that are doing phenomenal things. Like this lady named Audrey, she's a single African-American mom out of the DMV area. She told a story about how she had a store that she started in November, 2016. And what happened was she was going through a separation with her husband at the time. Her bank account got levied and she had no money. She went to a friend and borrowed a thousand dollars and the friend said, figure it out. She not only told the story, but she showed because everything online is transparent. She showed how she built a store from a thousand dollars to $137,000 in sales the next month with $50,000 profit selling wow. jewelry to baseball moms. Right. She didn't, she didn't have to buy any inventory because we're doing what's called drop shipping where somebody right. else would do all the shipping and all the fulfillment. Right. And you have a markup. Your job is to make the sale. She didn't have to go get a, a, a retail store in the mall or, you know, commit to a first and last deposit. Right. right. Everything is done entirely online. And she, she's built a brand that she could sell for multiple what she earned. Right. So to me, it's, it's, it's something that I really think people should catch on to. Right. Like the wealthiest man in the world is Jeff Bezos and he does e-commerce. Uh -huh. So exactly. there's a huge transfer of wealth 
with the fact that less people are shopping in the malls. It's Black Friday, Walmart is going to be closed, right? Mm. <laughs> so people are still going to shop. So you want to be part of that economy by having your little outlet or your collective of outlets or, you know, I know some of you guys are big thinkers because you're real estate developers. Some of you guys have either or will build skyscrapers, but just think about it when you, when you're conceptualizing things logically, how can I own a network of profitable online businesses? You know, and if, if that's something that interests you, would love for you to be part of e-commerce partners because we're building a tribe of like-minded people that think like that. And right. now we're taking it to a point where we're looking at acquiring existing businesses. So it's evolving rather rapidly. That's awesome. So believe it or not, when I, I got into real estate in back in 2011 and in 2012, I started my first e-commerce business right here on on Instagram. Interesting. Like the, yeah. So the page that I operate from now used to be a e-commerce business for a hair company. Okay. So <laughs> I don't sell hair anymore, of course, because I'm selling real estate, but I knew what it was then. Like I knew that it was always smarter to have an e-commerce business. You're not paying for rent, as you said. Literally, there's websites you can get for free and or the entry point is $12 to get a website, to get a store, just buy the domain. What are some of, realistically, what are some of the other amounts you would recommend? Like, so, yeah, the cost, excuse me. So like, like for instance, let's say I wanted to start a notebook company, right? How would that work? And in, in, in how much would it cost to get that started in your okay, opinion? So, so there's something called, there's a platform, everyone is probably familiar with Amazon, right? Amazon is the marketplace where people can buy and sell goods, right? There are other platforms that are thriving and I would actually say booming right now. One Shopify, right? So Shopify is a platform that allows people to build online stores and sell products. And most people use Shopify to do what's called drop shipping, right? So, so for people that don't understand what drop shipping is, drop shipping just simply means somebody else is doing the shipping of the product and the fulfillment of the order, right? So I'll give an example. If I want to purchase an iPod, right? I go online, I, I want to buy an iPod and it tells me, oh, it's, it's $200 and I don't have $200, right? And all of a sudden it shows me your website because you're advertising, right? It shows me your website is an option to purchase an iPod. But you're not selling the Apple iPod, you're selling a different version, right? But it works. So I'm an ideal customer for you. Do you see what I'm saying? Now you offer me this iPod for $59.99, right? With free shipping. And you, you're telling me it's not the same as the Apple iPod, but it'll work. You know, right. so what I what do I do? I, I leave my credit card, I make the purchase. You receive that order. You go to right. another manufacturer who actually keeps this in stock. And mm-hmm. They fulfill the order. Let's say they're selling it. Ship it to me. You, you you tell them I want them to get it quick, right? They charge let's say seven dollars for shipping and handling. So let's say altogether it costs twenty dollars for me to get this iPod to you, and you pay me fifty nine dollars. You make forty dollars. If you're able to do that five times a day, you will make two hundred dollars. If you're able to do that fifty times a day, you make two thousand dollars in a month. You, I mean, the only reason why the only difference between the stores that do five orders a day and the ones that do 50 orders a day and 500 dollars a day 
and five thousand dollar or five thousand orders a day is not due to a limitation of people that are in that situation online. It's based on who's advertising the most, who has the most reach, right? So advertising is a key component, right? Once everything is set up, the major expense is advertising. It's the gas. If you have a Ferrari and you have an E-Tank, you can't get to Vegas. <laughs> I'm in Los Angeles. But anyways, you get my point? Um, right. You know, the advertising is the gas that keeps the engine going, yeah. But you want to optimize the advertising, and that's why you need a professional to handle you. You know... You think so? What's what should be? Because I'm a legit company that's about to launch something, right? Whether it's on my Indeed. page, or, so you, what do I need? Like two thousand dollars? If I want, well, ten thousand dollars a month in sales. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put a number on it. I, I would. If you wanted ten thousand dollars a month in sales, well, let's look at it backwards. What are we selling? Right. I'm selling, let's say, real estate development courses. Okay. What would be the okay. price of the course? Let's say we want to say, what, what is the course about how to be a real estate? What, real what, is, what is the course? With no experience. What is it? Okay, no. Yeah, how to be a real estate? Yeah. Can you hear me? I feel like the, with, no so, with no experience, it's going to be two ninety nine dollars as a kid. So I, It'll tell you how to do it yourself. I can, I can hear you. So okay. if I was to sell a course on how to become a real estate developer for two ninety nine. The first step, obviously, will be to develop a course itself, right? <laughs> so, so you you would have to you would have to outline everything that you want to share. What is the expertise you're sharing with this audience? And if you feel like it's not adequate to charge two ninety nine, who else do you have access to that can input information that they can share with this audience that you want to sell this information to? See, sometimes right. we need to we 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 need to go outside of ourselves because if you're going to do anything. It has to be bigger than you. So, right. you know, if you want to add a, you know, and then you also have to ask yourself, what is unique about this course and other courses that are out there that offer something similar? You have to study the space, right? So right. if you find out that there are courses out there that are, you know, you're competitively priced, well, that, that becomes part of your marketing, you know, ammunition, right? Part of your benefits is this is an affordable course compared to other courses right. of its type, right? And I would suspect that two ninety nine for for that that should be competitive exactly. So because mm -hmm. the upside is huge, right? So mm -hmm. the next step will be once you've developed the outline of the course, right? And people really really miss this step. They think that they have to get the big camera crew and spend the big production budget and get the Hollywood. No, a simple iPhone, right? Articulate everything you've outlined into modules, right? Into right. different chapters. And then you upload it on a platform like Hotmart or, you know, Kajabi um, right. or Teachable. And now you have your course mm -hmm. posted online. You have a product. Exactly. Right? So we need the product, right? I don't want to get into funnels and all that stuff because that, you know, that's a bit more complicated. Now that. you have a product. So conversation, yeah. So the, the next step would be, well, people have to know you have this product. So what I would do next, because we're on a tight budget, right, is I will look for communities where people that are likely to buy my course hang out. What right. Facebook groups do they go to? Are they on? You know, what pages do they follow? And I would try to have visibility on there without being spammy, correct? Because the whole idea is you want eyeballs to know about this, right? And I would try to do what I'm doing here, like do a lot of cross promotions, like reach out to thought leaders across different spaces that might 
have an interest in what you're doing so that they can listen to you speak and perhaps follow you for more information, right? Or, or at least establish a knowledge of the space, so to speak, right? Let people know what you've done in digital real estate. Now, once you've done that, I would have a budget for advertising, right? So that you can start creating a magnet of leads, right? A flow of leads that are likely to buy the product. And then you, you know, from there, I would essentially start selling the product. Because once you develop the product and you're letting people know about the product, in your case, the course, uh-huh. it's a conversion thing at the end of the day, right? So if 100 people can, can end up on your landing page, the likelihood of you making a sale is much higher than someone who can drive 10 people to that page. Right. So if you're able to drive 20,000 to that page in a week, however you do it, but one certain way that you can do it is with paid media, right? Mm-hmm. One certain way that you can do it is with paid media. Like there are yeah. so many ways for me to get to you in New York right now, right? Yes. I can decide to start jogging. <laughs> I might not make it, right? but the most likely way for me to get to New York is to book a flight. You see what I'm saying? Right. So right. if you want to get to the destination of making $10,000, I would say I would budget that you should spend at least $2,500 on advertising. Okay. Okay. I would spend, and, and, and the 2,500 may not necessarily get you the 10,000 right away, but you should set certain goals. Like with this $2,500 ad spend, I want to at least have maybe 500 emails of people that I can continuously follow up with. Right. You know, I, you know, I want to use this to create awareness and then some interest and consideration and eventually a purchase, right? You want to put people in that funnel. And so just. When you're selling a product like that, it takes familiarity. People have to see you on an average of five to seven times before they actually vote with a credit card. So you have to you have to you have to plan that, right? You have to give yourself that adequate space and time. Yeah. So yes, but, it, right, yeah. I, I definitely trust me, the whole entire quarantine, I went to school online basically. Like even now I'm still learning. I'm in a, a couple of different communities and just building even like a simple, as simple as a checklist just to get that, those people where I need them to be right in my email list. Yeah. It's pretty interesting, but I do realize that emails are becoming spammy. How do you feel about text messaging? Do you recommend setting up some type of text oh, messaging? Text yes, absolutely. That, I think that's, that's actually a best practice. SMS messaging is very, very effective. Like you said, people don't open emails. People are slammed with so much spam. 95% of text messages are opened. 95%. That's pretty high. So as of now, text messaging is probably the most effective way to actually build up a community and stay engaged with people. So in any kind of marketing you do, it's it's always advised to try to acquire as many um, people to sign up with with their phone numbers, their mobile numbers, so you can text them. So let's talk about briefly, you know, your experience with physical real estate. And we had this conversation briefly yesterday. I'm sure you prefer digital real estate, no matter what. Without a question. Like I dabbled very heavily into um, real estate when I was much younger. You know, I, you know, obviously this is like in the early 2000s before the first you know, the last recession, 
I, wait, wait. my friends and I would would acquire a lot of property and you know more than we can handle. Um, right. And eventually, I foreclosed on most of them. It just kind of like put a bad taste in my mouth with real estate. And right. I've always been someone who's more focused on the online realm because that's why I have to rebuild my cell phone. Right. Um, but I still see the value in, in, in owning, you know, real estate. I, I own some multifamily units, you know, that have positive cash flow. But those are more long-term investments. But if I could do it all over again, to be honest with you, I would put more of my money into online real estate. And I know that people think that that's crazy, but the truth is I'm in more control of the outcome with physical real estate. You know, there are so many factors that, I mean, long-term you'll be fine, but in right. the interim, you know, there are so many factors that, that, you know, you can't control, right? We don't know if the market prices will decrease or increase currently right. with the economy. I don't know. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, right. But with, with, Digital real estate, I can, you know, I can control that. I can spend a thousand dollars on a product, and I can expect a predictable outcome or at least a range. Right. And I, you know, for me personally, I prefer that as an investment strategy. And you know, I just urge everyone to at least diversify a bit. And I think that there's a huge correlation. There's a reason why it's called digital real estate because if you owned the coin, and you can Google this, it's D A K U A N. You will see that that name sold for $85 million. And then if right. you research why someone pay $85 million, it might make some sense to you. Because you there's so much traffic why? going. <laughs> well, to me, to me, I think the valuation is a stretch. But I would think that it's based on the fact that they've estimated how much traffic goes through that domain. Right? They've estimated, the, they've, they've, they've analyzed the audience quality that goes through that domain. And they've said, okay, well, this would be a perfect domain for us to own to meet a certain agenda to add to our portfolio to meet a certain right. agenda what that is i honestly can't diagnose but it's a pattern it's not a isolated incident there are a lot of domains right. that you know i sold for significant amount of money so i'll just make a draw drop especially if you're just thinking the only way to invest in real estate is to buy a physical brick and mortar no i mean covid just showed us everything like covid <laughs> like got like right, all of these right. Well, at least where I am, because I was in the epicenter of the pandemic, of COVID. So New York, most of New York is still yeah, shut yeah. down. Most of even where I live in New Jersey, no, they're they're open for now. But I mean, every type of brick and mortar lost money. Of Boy, course, commercial real estate took a huge hit. And I think it will continue to take a huge hit. So I think, especially if you're going to be in the e-commerce space, I would only do online. Like I, I've always been an advocate, like always, like I don't see the point of being in a store anyway. Like I shop online for everything there. Of course there's, you know, there's a few little setbacks that could happen. And it happened to me. This is why I closed my, my company. What are some ways people can, or strategies to prevent like fraud that happens online through the right. e-commerce or digital real estate space because I just it just popped in my head like why did you shut down your business I got a crazy charge back and I was and I was pregnant and I was like oh no <laughs> I don't have time for this yeah, right. so what are some ways and I see now that I'm like 
I've purchased a lot online recently. I see a lot of influencers. They have smart ways of like making people sign for their orders before getting the product. There's a lot of cool things out there. What is some advice you can give a person that would be starting an e-commerce store to prevent fraudulent activities? Yeah, it's a good question. So online, everything obviously is done with a credit card, right? So that attracts a lot of fraudulent activity, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of development technology-wise that the payment processes have to, you know, detect fraud. One of the perks of actually having a store in Shopify is they actually will tell you, this seems like a fraudulent order, or this is a high-risk order. So they have some sort of fraud control tool embedded in the in their ecosystem, right? You know, companies like Stripe and PayPal, they all do the same. But from a vendor perspective, it's always been a challenge because, you know, the the 800-pound gorilla in the room is the chargebacks, you know, where people go out there and say, I never received a product or, you know, I don't like the course or whatever the case is, right? right? So the best way to minimize that is to have good customer service. Yeah, you have to have good customer service. There's more to it than just, you know, throwing up a website and you know, selling something to someone. You have to put the checks and balances and the systems in place where you follow up with people and you communicate with people. If if the shipment is running a little late, let them know, right? Because you want to beat them to it before they beat you to it. You want them to know if you if you if you stay in touch with people and you communicate with people, you minimize, you don't eliminate. You minimize the the, the odds of them calling a credit card company and saying, you know, I never received what I ordered. Another thing is you know, you, you want to also set up your account properly. A lot of people just, you know, the barrier of entry to get online is very easy. As we're having this store, you can create a Shopify store, right? You can right. create an eBay store. You can create an Etsy store. You can create an Amazon store. But an optimized store that doesn't look fraudulent, that meets their, you know, their status quo or, or what their expectations of a store is, that's a different situation. So when you start making sales... They, they might just freeze your account because your store hasn't been properly set up, right? right? So that's one of the perks of actually joining the program like ours because when we manage stores, we make sure that all the, you know, I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, right? We make sure that, you know, there's, we have, you know, virtual assistants that actually handle all the customer service and follow up with customers. And that's how you actually generate more sales and build a, a sustainable brand, right? having that repeat business and, you know, referrals and things like that. So to me, it it comes down to just customer service and having that in your overall structure, right? And email is a great way to, you know, to actually express customer service, right? Just a simple email, like, how was the course? Did you enjoy it? You know, here's some follow-up content. Giving people that sense of community when you're selling the course is vital. So right. something as simple as saying um, you can join our, fa- our private Facebook group will make people feel like, okay, even if the course wasn't as meet their expectations, they might be able to meet people that are like-minded. And that doesn't really cost anything. Minimize chargebacks. Fraud is a different topic. You can't judge the intentions of the people on the other side. So mm-hmm. you want to make sure your website is on a platform that will detect those type of transactions and Shopify is a great one. I agree. Yeah. So let's say a person has no idea 
what type of company or shop product they want to sell, does your company or your course help them target what are the niche products to sell online? Awesome. Yeah, right. yeah. So one one of the most important, yeah, one of the most important pieces is selling a winning product. So we work with several vendors in the beauty space, for example, where we can develop an organic product from scratch, okay. or we can actually source a product that we have the data to show that there's a demand for it, right? So we we typically start the process of um, onboarding a partner by giving them a list of about 50 stores to look at and whatever resonates with them, we fine tune it to make it their actual store. Once they purchase a domain, we tweak the store and make it live. And then we start running ads and they start generating sales. Awesome. All right. So for those who don't know, what's the name of your course? How can they get in contact with you and join your program? Yeah. It's called the e-commerce partners. The website is ecommercepartners.online, ecommercepartners.online. I'm always on Instagram at ish, and that's the best way to reach us. Yep, that's how I found you on Instagram. <laughs> so good. We met by me just, I think I had a customer service question. <laughs> and, you know, you, you have great customer service skills. So that's Thank how, you, you know. We built whatever rapport we did build. So I do, right. I do see that you you are great with customer service, and I'm sure that will resonate with the others that will contact you. And this was great. Thanks Thank for you. coming on. I'm definitely signing up, and we're gonna work on some marketing strategies for cool. me as well. <laughs> and as you already stated in the in the course, uh, that will be included as well. So. Everyone, thank you for joining us right. today on Journey to Developer Podcast. Thank you, Ish, for being here, and we'll talk soon.